Hey guys, a lot of people see Jesus in different ways. They see him as a myth, fictional character, uh, created by the Flavian dynasty to give uh, Jewish converts a god to look to so that they would not uh, bother the Roman Empire. That's one theory, right? Uh, some see him as a good man. Uh, from there, they, they'll say, yeah, Jesus is, was a prophet, okay? And uh, uh, then some people will say he's a good example. The Mormons say he's our elder brother, and he gave us the perfect example to follow. Uh, some call him God, and they worship him as the second person of the Trinity, God. And it's all up to the individual, you know? And, and I suggest that Jesus is something beyond all these descriptions, and that uh, he is incomprehensibly powerful as the man-god, as a means to bring us into a relationship with the living God as sons and daughters. So he's incomprehensibly powerful. And I suggest that his very life, his existence, is a template for us as people, as Christians, as people who seek relationship with God the Father. Let me explain. If you look at Acts 2.36, Romans 1.3, and Galatians 4.4, it says Jesus was made. Did you know that? He was made a little bit lower than the angels, and he was made this and that and that. And we know that we were made, too. So Jesus was made, he's a man, he was born of a woman, right? And he was made apparently by a combination of the Holy Spirit and Mary. And we have the God-man coming into the world, the Word made flesh, he was made. We too were made, right? We come from the dust. And we were made from uh, that original couple, Adam and Eve, and we came forward, created beings, just like Jesus. The second thing is that he is God's word from above. He is God with us, according to John 1.1. 1, 1. He is God's beloved son, right? And as that, in flesh, he had come into this existence. The word of God, I'm doing this to show spirit, came into the flesh and lived among us, God with us. And so we too are told to be born from above. We too are told to come in as new creatures after this pattern of Christ. He was a being as the word of God made flesh. We have the word of God written in our hearts and minds when we are born from above. And God starts relating with us through spiritual means, through the rebirth uh, introduction. Okay, so he was the word made flesh. We too are made new when the word of God comes and abides in us. How? By the spirit. And then it says that Jesus, who was the word of God made flesh and dwelt among us, learned obedience through the things he suffered. Did you know that? So Jesus of Nazareth has the word of God in him. He's walking around. But the scripture says he learned obedience through the things he suffered. And so we too, after God has given us birth from above, the word made flesh, right? The word in us and we are flesh. That we too learn obedience through the things we suffer as believers. 
We are, uh, we learn submission to God over submission to our flesh. We learn to subjugate our will to his. And we grow by, you know, becoming meek and mourning and, and, and uh, all the different things that scripture describes us going through to learn obedience through suffering. That's what it says. And then scripture says that Jesus, at an appointed time, had the Holy Spirit fall upon him. Did you know that? When was it? It was at his baptism. And he had matured. He was washed with the water. He was anointed as a king when the Holy Spirit fell upon him. He then went out and embarked on his ministry. His time had come. He faced temptation. He overcame that. Then he taught in love. He did miracles with his life. He uh, was then abandoned by everybody. He was tested to the ultimate, hanging on a cross, and there alone, uh, abandoned even by God for a moment, he overcame sin, death, hell, and Satan forevermore. That's what he did. And so at our appointed time, Galatians 4 tells us that God the Father will appoint us as sons and daughters. It's not when you're born from above. It's only after you've matured in the word and you learn obedience through the things you suffer that God will appoint you as a daughter, as a son. And you will begin to teach and serve and lead and, and move on, as Hebrews 6 says, from you know, the, the basics of the faith and move on to perfection. And the, one of the biggest indicators that you are this and God has appointed you is you'll be a peacemaker and that you will not strive with other believers and you'll not argue and divide with them. You'll not point fingers at them. You'll bring in peace. Blessed are the peacemakers. That's the maturity. And uh, you'll offer yourself up to daily death and it's not fun. But daily, you're going to be confronted with things that exist in your flesh. And you're going to say, my way or your way, God. Didn't Jesus do that toward the end of his life? When he said, hey, can I bypass this, Father? But not my will, thine be done. We're doing the same thing as we mature and head toward that death of ourself. And then he was resurrected. That's when Jesus was called begotten by God, not before. He was beloved before, but then he was resurrected. And we too rise in newness of life with him daily. We die daily. We rise in the newness of life in and through his resurrection. We live in and through his life. The world scripture says died with him, the world. But we who believe on him are raised in his resurrection to life. What life? Life in and through him. Through who? The resurrected Lord. So we walk in the newness of life as Christians because he overcame the grave. The spirit of him thrives in us, the living Christ. So we can see how his life was not just this example. His very life is the template which we are ensconced around or we embrace or absorb. And that is how we are brought to the Father. And finally, then Jesus, after he was resurrected, he ascends and he enters into the holy place, right? And so we too will enter into that holy place when we ascend. And we will enter into that place just as he did, right? He entered in as God's only begotten. 
we will enter in as joint heirs because we allowed what he did and was to be what we are. We're not doing it on our own. We're doing it by allowing. And that, that's the biggest indicator of what we do in our relationship with Christ. We allow. I have something that I want to do. I allow Christ to come in and reign over how I do it or I do it my way. That is the end result of those who are his. And I know I'm talking to the choir here and to those who are his. Have a great week. Love you.